Welcome all you good movie buddies to the Popcorn Diet, a podcast for those who live on a steady diet of movie, theater, popcorn, and other movie snacks. As always, my name is Rick Williamson, your very best good movie buddy, and joining us today, we have two good movie buddies. As usual, we have the Canadian machine, Mr. David Melhorn, and then not quite as usual, but a previous good movie buddy joining us again, we have... Jeremy, nickname pending Nakano, <laughs> and uh, and number one, thank you boys for coming in today. Happy to be and here and being a part of this. Number two, we are here to talk about Pokemon Detective Pikachu, which I believe is the actual official title. Yes, of the film. Um, just before we even get into the history, because David, I know you did your research as our historian, um, but let's do a quick round robin round table here about our history with Pokemon and where we were coming into this film. And 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 as we do that, Jeremy will end with you. It will become clear why Jeremy is here. Uh, for starters, I feel like I just missed the Pokemon craze. I never played the card game. I never played the video game. I never I honestly don't know if I ever played anything. I don't I've never played Pokemon Go. I never watched the show. The soundtrack's really the, the song is really good. Um, <laughs> but I know enough about Pokemon to be able to explain that the general the general idea of like there's a world where there are these little monsters called Pokemon and you capture them by throwing a Pokeball at them and then they they grow and level up and, and become larger, cooler creatures that you then fight with one another. And that's pretty much the gist of it. I know your Pikachus and your Charizards and shit like that and that's that's pretty much where I came from from it. David, where did you come from in terms of Pokemon expertise or knowledge? Well, I will say I never watched movies or shows or anything like that. Okay. I did play the card game. Oh, you uh, did? Not like I was a devout card game player, but I had cousins that collected the cards and I enjoyed playing the game. I did not collect the cards, although I do have like probably like 4,000 of them because they wanted to get rid of them and I thought maybe these will be worth money. So I do have... A large stack of Pokemon cards. Oh, as uh, an investment. Absolutely, you know. <laughs> it doesn't take up much room. Maybe it'll be worth money. I went, I wandered around parks with some friends as they played Pokemon Go, but never played it. Uh, messed around on the Game Boy games, the original ones. Okay. When they first came out. But other than that, my experience is, is pretty light as well. Interesting. I, I'm actually somewhat surprised that you had that much. I know, right? I see. Well, yeah, I mean, we, yeah, I, I, I am. I mean, oh, I will also add that I also enjoyed playing as Pikachu in Smash Brothers, as well <laughs> as occasionally being the worthless Jigglypuff <laughs> in okay. the original Smash Brothers when all you do is just go to sleep and lose. Okay. Mm -hmm. But that was about it. Okay. So moderate Pokemon. Experience, yes. I would say, Me medium mid mid size Pokemon experience. Jeremy, hello. Tell us about tell us about your Pokemon experience. Uh, so personally, um, I mean, Pokemon was my world growing up. Um, and to give you an um, actually moment here, 
Stop saying Pokemon. 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 Yep, there we go. Pokemon. Uh, but beyond that, I let's see here. I, it started with the show. When the show came out, I was a kid. I was super excited. Every day after school at like 3.30, it was the show to watch. Um, and then I bought, I started with Pokemon Blue. I've played every generation since. Uh, I had the trading cards. I played Pokemon Snap. Um, I was terrible with Pikachu and Smash Brothers. But he is one of the best by far. Um, Interesting. Yes. How uh, old are you? I'm just a year younger than you boys. Okay. I feel like that, well, I mean, obviously you're fucking the Asian guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there's, the, do you think that that, I mean, do you think, what do you think took, what do you think was the biggest factor in you being into it versus me not being into it versus David being partly into it? Do you think it's age? Do you think it's that one year? Uh, it is. Do you think it's heritage? I believe so because when it came out when I was like in like fifth grade. Sure. Which would have put you guys around sixth grade. Right. Which when you get to sixth grade, you're trying to be cool, right? That's, like you just get there. We're the big like, kids All now. right. Yeah, we're middle school. We're not playing with shit anymore. Um, we are a little bit more grown up. So it started in fifth grade for me, which means like, hey, I'm top of the castle and I'm just going to enjoy my toys okay um also i mean hey you know i grew up one of the only asian people in a very white place so seeking individuality to some point i guess could sure. have been it too sure Who knows? And then all those white people started playing pokemon too oh absolutely bastards yeah i mean it became a connection point for a lot of people good so i think that that's an interesting place to start because of just because now we have three truly different perspectives, not only just with our general lives and our general likes and dislikes and differences in, in movies, but I think that that also brings a different perspective into the impact that this film had. Um, but David, before we go into that, you did a fair amount of research into Pokemon, made the change Thank for you, you. Uh, and kind of its history and where it was and how we got to this point. Tell us a little bit about how we got to this point. How did how did <laughs> of all you know of all films to be adapted into a live screen Pokemon movie? How did we get to Dete Detective Pikachu starring Ryan Reynolds? Obviously, it started a long, long time ago. Well, uh, relatively long time. Relatively ago. long time ago. So it started out with a group of people forming what was called Game Freak, which. They were developing what we know now as Pokemon. Okay. Um, but at the time, it took some time getting going. Actually, they almost went bankrupt trying to do this. Uh, but they finally got something out. The initial first games were the red and green versions um, for Game Boy. It was always their plans kind of from the beginning um, were kind of initiated from Game Boy experience and wanting to come out with a Game Boy game. Okay. And so... Those were the first two games. Obviously, we are well past that at this point, as Jeremy shared even his experience. Sure. Um, we got our first movie in 98. Um, technically, we've had 22 movies. <laughs> um, that being said, only eight have had really theatrical releases, and I would say even of those eight, the average person probably could have only gone and seen maybe two or three of them okay. uh, unless you were really trying to find the others. Um, because if you look at box office, it wasn't necessarily that they were huge flops as much as they just weren't widely released. Sure. Yeah. Um, the most successful to date was the first one, 
which I believe was called Pokemon the first movie. That's, which That's ha- actually correct. Yeah. Which had a <laughs> subtitle. It was Pokemon the first movie, Mewtwo Strikes Back. Sure. Which is like, how can Pokemon be the first movie, but now Mewtwo is striking back? What is he striking back from? Uh, so... <laughs> You, Jeremy, let ultimate. me explain. Jeremy, more. you're gonna well actually a lot of it here, and I'm fine with it. So in the first game, you discover Mewtwo's origins. So you find him in a cave, and you see notes on him about the lab. Sure. And eventually, you catch him. That's like what you use the Master Ball on. The only reason. Sorry, Master Ball is the guaranteed catch Pokemon Ball for those of you who don't know. Um, so yeah, uh, that and Mewtwo Strikes Back is just him being released from the lab, and you and Red, the original. Uh, person not catching him. Interesting. Okay. This, the first movie was the most successful, as I said, did about 85 million domestic and about 31 in its opening. Right now, this film being the first live action film, so all of them have been animated to date. This is the first one where we get actual humans in them. Um, is tracking towards roughly between 55 and 60 domestic, so already tracking to be well beyond any of the animated films, which would probably make sense given yeah. the, the star power behind it. Um, it's roughly 43 right now, um, foreign, so not trending to be massive, I would say. I mean, I, I expected to see like it just blowing up in Japan or China or, or yeah. that. And, and while it's doing solid, it's not tracking to be like this crazy amazing opening um but as far as this film's development goes it actually started back in 2016 um there's not a whole lot of interesting stories from it (laughs) Um, from that standpoint they basically decided that this was going to be a spin-off movie so it wasn't going to um center around to date all the movies and, and jeremy may be able to add more to this to date, all the other movies have been centered around Ash sure, as yes. the main character. Ash Ketchum. And this Ash Ketchum, yeah. What a convenient name. I mean, <laughs> right? just goes with his plans. I mean, that's that's awesome. This is actually their third main character switch. Oh, so really? originally in the in the in the manga that opened that started the whole thing, mm-hmm. it was done. Red was the character who was the uh, starter and the, his Pokemon was actually a Poliwhirl, which is this little tadpole thing. Okay. They changed to Ash for the anime because Pikachu is cute. Interesting. And now we have Tim. There you go. Okay. Uh, so there's not a whole lot of casting what ifs. There's some with uh, our girl in this film, the the lead girl in this film. But the the interesting ones to me that that I wanted to talk about. We're actually the casting what ifs for Pikachu because I feel like we're all over the spectrum. So we got Ryan Reynolds, obviously, is the one that ended up being Mm -hmm. chosen. Um, And I'm not going to say that these other people applied for the role. Um, It said that they were considered for the role. So I don't know how considered they were if it was just, what if we do Danny DeVito as Pikachu or... What if we do Mark Wahlberg or Hugh Jackman or The Rock was even considered oh, for man. Pikachu? So think about this. We've got Ryan Reynolds, Danny DeVito, The Rock, Mark Wahlberg, and Hugh Jackman. I feel like we're all across the spectrum. We're swinging. Yeah, that's super weird. Tell honestly. me. Tell me. I, I, the one I want to know what your guys' thoughts would be is Danny DeVito as Pikachu. So I actually now... 
we're not getting into spoilers here because a half of my thought has to do with spoilers. Sure. But I think as a voice, it would have been phenomenal. I think that the general structure of this film follows that of a noir mystery. Sure. And having Danny DeVito, it, it almost reminds me of like having Bob Hoskins and Roger Rabbit, where like I'm this tough private eye, it's all, you know, like that kind of thing. Like that makes sense in a, in a in a weird way to me. Um, so I would have been for it. I'm fine with Reynolds because I think it fits ultimately what the character did, um, or Reynolds fit the character to his talents, whichever came first. Um, but I would have loved it. What about you? If I had Danny DeVito, I mean, I think Danny DeVito is the clear 102 if this list had um, uh, Ryan Reynolds on it. Um, of course, Ryan Reynolds was picked, and, uh, and I think his tones and the fact that he's, like, super hype as an actor sure. is what carried a lot of weight and excitement for people overall. Um, but having Danny DeVito would have been super funny, but I think it would have made it a little campier. Sure, to do I agree, that. I agree. Um, it's certainly more marketable to be like, Hey guys, would you think you know what Pikachu would have sounded like speaking English? Think again. It's smart ass Ryan Reynolds. It works. Yeah. It works from from a lot of perspectives. So that is that still is pretty interesting of a <laughs> of a gamut of what it could have been. Yeah, so that's really I mean, like I said, it we went pretty straightforward. Um, I will say that it's already confirmed that they're working on a sequel. So Of course. I mean, obviously this film's tracking to do well. Um, not necessarily a crazy success, but it's tracking to do well, good enough to have a sequel. Sure. So we're already in works of having a sequel, which makes sense. I mean, uh, nowadays, a $150 million budget is almost a mid-budget film. It's true. And I think it'll make that Easy. worldwide easily. Easy. I When this came out, David, um, I thought this movie was going to make like like a billion dollars. I'm not so sure now. Uh, because just of the popularity of Pokemon. I mean, Pokemon is everywhere you look at, go, go yeah. back and Pokemon Go. But what was your, David, we'll start with you. Actually, Jeremy, I'll start with you. Sure. What was your expectation going into this film? You know, because again, it can, it, I believe that our three different unique perspectives with Pokemon sort of influences our expectations or influenced. Interestingly enough, I kept my expectations pretty low for this. Mm. Uh, I didn't want to get super hyped and be disappointed. Um, Okay. over the potential issues with the movie that might have happened. And overall, I was actually pleasantly surprised. Um, I didn't come out with any negative thoughts, I okay. guess is the best way to put it. Okay. Nice. David, what about you? Was this one of those movies? Because we, we, <laughs> we have had a history on this podcast of doing movies that you haven't exactly been eager to get out of bed for. No, I... Well, I'll, I'll put it this way. I wasn't, you know... poke. Pokemon itself doesn't get me all jazzed up to go see the film. So I'm not going to it from a nostalgia standpoint, like, you know, probably Jeremy to that point. Um, That being said, I mean, from the commercials that I saw and that, especially, you know, when we got that first trailer, I thought, hey, this looks like fun. It looked like a a fun movie. Um, That being said, you know, knowing that it was a PG movie going in, you know, kind of tapered my expectations a little bit. Okay. Okay. And that's interesting. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, For me, I'm the same. Whereas 
I I was actually sold on Ryan Reynolds more than anything, funny, funnily enough. Um, and then the other thing is that I... I did like the idea of I liked the character design because I knew I had a general idea of what Pokemon looked like. Right, Pokemon. Sorry, thank you. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna catch myself every time I do that. Um, but I also I was okay. Oh, Ryan Reynolds. Okay, I'm intrigued, and the design of the creatures I thought was a, a, a rarely accurate portrayal and conversion from cartoon to live action. Like rarely do you see. For better or for worse, and we'll talk about whether or not it was effective, but what, rarely do you see such an effective and honest and loyal, you know, we're going to take it from cartoon 2D into live action. Because everything still pretty much looks exactly how you would expect. And a lot of people were talking about textures and, you know, how furry Pikachu was and things like that. And I thought that that... Looked really interesting in the trailer as well. I also the second trailer when they when they use "Holding Out for a Hero" by Bonnie Tyler. I am a sucker for that song. I love that song, mm-hmm. and I was like, okay, I'm in. Um, that was my expectation going in, uh, and and to kind of reverse this, I I pretty much was fine with this movie. I I think that this movie did a really good job of being a movie that exists. <laughs> To play out um, to both fan and non-fan of Pokemon. I don't know everybody's powers. I don't. So when there, there's a part in the film, and this isn't very, spoil, very spoilery, where they're like, Pikachu, do this move or this move or this move or this move, which I assume came from the video games, came from yeah. the card games. I got that, even though I don't know each one of those moves. Um, likewise... I didn't know a lot of the Pokemon, but I knew enough to be like, oh, okay, it's a dragon. Or, oh, okay, it's a big giant fish thing. Um, And I think as a story, as a general sort of detective story for kids, I thought it was relatively successful. I thought it was kind of like your your kid's version of, and you know me, David, I love a noir. I love a detective movie. I love, okay, we got to find, put the clues together. Uh, and for the most part, I, I thought it did pretty well. I'm not like super jazzed about it. I have no desire to go, you know, play Pokemon now, but I, I had a good time. I, I did not have a bad time at the theater. What about you, David? I'm, I'm kind of on the fence with it. Um, I think if I would have focused my expectations more on the fact that it was a PG film going in, I probably would have. You know, it probably would have been delivering on my expectations. That being said, I think with some of the the marketing of it, even just recency, probably clouding my thoughts a little bit with Ryan Reynolds being in it and voicing Pikachu. I think you kind of, especially the way it was marketed, you had some of the jokes that he had kind of reminded you Obviously, a tamer, more appropriate way of like what you got from him in Deadpool. Sure. From a kind of like meta type jokes and things like that. And so I think I was expecting a little bit more humor, but I guess there's only so far you can go before it becomes repetitive, as well as there's only so far you can go when it's PG. So there's certain jokes that you can't do. So from that standpoint, you know, I, I think it probably delivered. I think 
my underwhelming aspects really came from like performances and storytelling, okay. which we'll get into in the spoilers. Sure. But as far as like an overall movie, it probably delivered like from a movie standpoint on what I was expecting. Okay. Okay. And Jeremy, from the from the fans' perspective, you already said I believe. I, did, I don't know if you said it before we started recording or not, but you already said you have no negative things about this film. No major negatives, no. Um, when it comes down to it, physically, the way the Pokemon looked, it looked phenomenal. The movie looked exactly how I've always wanted Pokemon to look. Okay. I mean, Mewtwo's a hard thing to animate because he's so unnatural in everything he is. Right. And so he's like the only weird-looking thing in the, in the film, really. I mean, it's Pokemon. But... Um, Overall, I mean, I was happy. It, it it did exactly what a Pokemon game does. Sure. It gives you a fun little plot, a overall happy story, and cool. Good. Yeah. You're done. I, and I thought it did a good job of, like, pointing out and sort of using certain Pokemon to... Uh, or in a way that established their importance, you know, like, yeah. okay, Mr. Oh, it's Mr. Mime. We're going to call him Mr. Mime. He, okay. It's no shock. He's a mime Right. with Mewtwo. I don't know what Mewtwo is about, but apparently he's like the big swinging dick of the Pokemon world. So Mewtwo is, so Mew is the ancient, is an ancient legendary Pokemon. Right. Which we picked up from the film. Right. And Not Mewtwo deep, but... is a, a genetic recreation, a clone of him. Okay. And that's, that's the story of Mewtwo. Sure. Uh, same thing with the, you know, I mean, everything. The Bulbasaur showed up, and I'm like, oh, these guys are adorable, and they're, yeah. they're doing their thing and whatever. And so I, I thought it did uh, – I thought that that was a fairly successful job of the film by establishing what these creatures were mm-hmm. and d- differentiating them and whatnot. Yeah. And uh, and then and there's – obviously, there's more. Now, David, you brought up the PG rating, right? What would your hard R Detective Pokemon, (laughs) Detective Pikachu, (laughs) look like? Are we talking more violence? Are we talking more cursing? (laughs) I know that's not what I know that's not what you expect. No, I mean, I I don't think I ever would imagine an R version of Pokemon. Like, I would never expect an R version of Pokemon because that's not its. That's not who is marketing to. Sure. The that's the other thing that I think is unique to go on a little bit of a tangent before I bring it back to the whole rating concept. Okay. I think the other thing that's unique about this is I feel like your expectations were that this was going to be a massive, like make a billion dollars because of the popularity of Pokemon. Sure. But I think what we don't necessarily consider as much as most of it, it's really a video game adaption, even though it has its history with movies and things like that. Mm -hmm. Like, most people's experience with it were playing either the phone game or the video game. And I mean, name to me many good or like high grossing video game adaptions. There's fair point. There's not really a lot. And so while it, you know, you can say how many people played Pokemon go, well, that's great. Well, most of them play it. Like you play your Jurassic park version of it. Like it's not like, just because you played Pokemon Go, like you'd be pumped up to go see a a movie about it from that standpoint. And so and Pokemon Go is very different than what this movie is. And oh yeah, and, from that and it's very different than of the other video games. And, and the so card I think game. It, I think it all comes back to like the average person's expectations of 
what this movie should be. Like to me, if I want a better movie, it would have been a PG, like a more enjoyable movie for me personally, it would have been a PG 13. You would have had some probably not suitable for like a eight year old content. Some edgier jokes. But that's not Pokemon. I mean, Pokemon is, is targeted at that younger ages. And while adults have the nostalgia with it, um, that's not really what it is. If you do that, you end up with a Teenage Mutant Turtles with what's her name in it and Megan Fox. <laughs> Megan Fox. Hey, I enjoyed and Megan Fox in those. It movies. doesn't know whether it's meant to be for kids or not for kids. Like it was made for so, me. <laughs> yeah, so, that's actually a really good comparison of a film where you just who's the audience? Yeah. And I don't think you can say that this film doesn't know its audience. I think this film knows its audience Absolutely. very, very well. Yeah, and, and from that standpoint, that's where I feel like it, it delivers. Did it deliver on maybe what would make it the most enjoyable film for me personally? No. no. But did it deliver on the expectations of a Pokemon movie? Absolutely. Sure. Yeah, I think, and I would agree. I think they missed there, actually. Oh, really? How? Be- because their audience is my age. Yeah, that's the thing is their audience is a large it's not just one generation but it is it it's a kids game that has spanned generations. Yeah, I mean it's it's the same thing of like most of like it it's mostly adults that play Pokemon and it's mostly kids who play Call of Duty. Huh. And so if you think if you think about it in that sense they made this movie for children to sure. try to scoop up that new audience, of course, which is objectively a good thing to try yeah, there to were do. A lot of kids. There was a kid sitting next to me with a giant stuffed. I don't know what the hell it was, but it was a. <laughs> she was like, uh, and number one, and it was a she too, which like, yeah, awesome, but like she was, I don't know, ten maybe. Right. So, had they made it a PG thirteen film, I think it would have been a lot better, because yeah. they could have been, like David said, more edgy. Interesting. Well, and here's the thing, though, with that, like, I agree the majority of like the people with experience with Pokemon that probably still pay attention to it are older than what we may think. You know, they're all probably in that range of ones that were originally exposed to it. Sure. That being said, I guarantee you the majority like Jeremy, when's the last time you bought a deck of Pokemon cards? Not recently, but I did have purchased every game. I was sure, like, sure. Yeah. You've purchased every say, game. But I'm excited that, about that but, answer. But from that standpoint, I feel like if you're looking to the future of Pokemon, how do we sustain this for generations sure. to come? Like we've got to get younger again. Yeah. From that standpoint, like this, that's fine. These people all love it and still buy all our video games. But they're not buying our stuffed animals anymore. They're True. not, you know, getting the toys or the sure. cards. I don't know if they have a Saturday kind of morning stuff. cartoon or they have a new cartoon. Because I know, like, I know Dragon Ball Z has 17. Like, there's different seasons. It just grows and grows and changes and changes. I don't know if Pokemon is still on. Yeah. Even, Saturday morning. They still it make it. Okay. Well, even there's a completely, like, awful version of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles now still on TV. On, on Disney XD that, or whatever yeah. it is. That I don't even want to give the time of day because I would just be upset. Are you kids Are you kids viewers of that Teenage no, Mutant not, Ninja Turtles? I will not let them disgrace the memory of... Uh... <laughs> you know, it's funny. The Pokemon show has been around for like 20 years. Right. And Ash is still 10. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah. And you know, you normally get that in cartoons. That's one yeah. of the things that makes... Something like, and I, I believe we talked about, I don't think we did a podcast episode on it, but I talked about that in my review for How to Train Your Dragon. And that is one of the few animated series where the characters age 
with the series. So beautifully you done. Know? Like too. even the Lion King with all its sequels, like once Simba was an adult, it's adult Simba. Yeah. Um, and same thing, Pokemon television shows. T- the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles have never become the middle aged Mutant Ninja Turtles. It's because <laughs> they just keep remaking it. They just keep continuing. remaking it. Now, it's funny because you talk about edgy because. I agree that the humor and stuff. I, you know, it is certainly a humorous film. How do you how do you not be with uh, with Ryan Reynolds as, as as Pikachu? Just still a ridiculous statement to make. But one of the things that I paid attention to was the action, um, and I actually found the action to be pretty effective for a PG movie. Uh, I even was the same. Like Pikachu gets to say like two curse words i think pikachu throws down a hell and a damn and i was like okay yeah this is the kind of pg-13 movie that isn't afraid to be just PG. a little pg you know i think it was reverse that is no it's not a, it's not afraid to be uh it's weird ratings are weird this could we could get in this whole conversation about ratings but like you watch like uh, i remember uh back when i worked with kids i would show them rango as a little, as a treat, because that was a weird ass cartoon with bad words in it that the kids felt like we were getting away with something, <laughs> and I liked that because I also used that movie as a gateway to be like, you should watch John Wayne next, like you should watch westerns next right. and stuff like that, and I found the the action particularly beyond just like the couple of of naughty words, I found the action to be pretty effective. I thought that. Um, the, the the few fights that are in the film between Pokemon were, were pretty good, uh, pretty good use of the powers. I thought there were a couple scenes that were a lot larger than in scope than I had anticipated for this film. And and although there weren't a lot of those there, I, I was pretty impressed with with the way that the action turned out, with the way that. You know, there's a fight early in the film, not early in the film, but sort of midway through the film with Pikachu and Charizard. Right. She's seen the trailers. Right. It's pretty dope. I, I would gladly watch a whole movie of just Pikachu of, of Pokemon fighting. I think what's incredible about that is that there are very few games where they actually show the Pokemon actually fighting. Right. And so they took something that doesn't have a backdrop of movement and they created it all in this film and it looked great, like you said. And I think that's actually. It, Speaks to the like the filmmaking behind it, like sure. that was really well done. And not to spoil it too much, but that that's the scene in the film where they kind of list off Pikachu's abilities. And I was interested in like, oh, it's a strategy. It's like a boxing match where the trainer goes in and tells him, "You got to hit him with the left. You got to go under the under the ribs. That's going to be the most effective thing against this guy." Like that's how they kind of framed it, and I thought that was really effective. Yeah, no, they did a good job, and I think they even stayed true to the games to some degree, where there was only, you know, I think only listed off four moves he might have listed off five right but uh in the games pokemon can only know up to four moves interesting now david you mentioned something about the performances and i think this is where you and i will disagree somewhat and jeremy maybe as well uh, in that i agree that the performances are not the best <laughs> i agree <laughs> that there are a couple that one could say uh, are actively or actually poor performances that being said, and there were times because I knew how you felt as I was watching this film, and I was like, "That's what he's talking about." That being said, it's a kids' movie, and it's a little more broad. It's very what's well, not a little more broad. There are points that are very, very broad, and it was funny. It's funny because I think I had the same problem you have with this movie that that I had with Dumbo. 
in that the broadness of some of the performances really took me out. Although in Dumbo, I wouldn't, I wouldn't call any of them bad. I would just call them very big and broad. In this film, I think they're still big and broad. They didn't affect me as much. Is that kind of what you're talking about? Not to throw anybody particularly under the bus, but Catherine Newton... As Lucy Stevens as sort of the reporter sidekick, you know, the, the girl looking for the big break as a reporter who's that's been done in every movie as done in 1998 Godzilla. You know, that's been done in every movie. Not the best showing for her. Kind of a bad beat for her. Uh, is that kind of where you're leaning towards? I as, mean, that would be the, the biggest example. Yes. OK. Um, <laughs> I can't really go too far into detail without getting into spoilers, but I will say I think. Uh, What's his name? Ken. What's uh, his Watson. last name? Oh, what's not? Yeah. I think he cashed a check here. Let's let's be honest. How dare you? Um, Academy Award nominee, The Last Samurai. Absolutely. Ken That's why I'm saying he cashed a check here. Um, well, they better put at least one fucking Asian guy in this movie. I agree, yeah. and that's why it seems like a check. <laughs> Who's our lead? What's his name again? Justice Smith. Justice Smith. I feel like he progressively got better as the film went on. Okay. Um, in the beginning parts where we have some heavily laden emotional aspects. Sure. Um, I don't feel like, I, I don't really understand what emotion he's portraying at times, which is an issue. Right. And then I also think some of the performances for me would be affected by just, I mean, they were set up to fail from that standpoint. And I'll get into that more when we get into the spoilers. But sure. again, like you mentioned, I have to frame this from the standpoint of it's a PG movie. It's a kid's movie. That being said, I also don't think these that a PG movie needs to have performances that could be on the Disney network <laughs> from that standpoint. Because Ooh. that's what I felt Ooh. like I got in a lot, a lot of ways. Like, just because it's a PG movie doesn't mean we can't have good acting in it in Damn. a live action film yeah. like most of our pg movies these days are not live action films they're animated so there's not really performances from a physical standpoint where they're portraying emotion where they're you know all those types of things sure. they're just voicing it and so when we do occasionally and it feels like pg movies are so rare these days that we would actually go and see that are not animated sure and so when we get them, I don't know if it's that we're not allowed to truly sell the emotion because that would make it a PG-13 movie or whether we just don't get quality people to do it. But I mean, your example of Dumbo, I mean, Dumbo had fantastic names in that film and you were left wanting from the acting. To me, I wouldn't put these people as fantastic names. Your biggest name is animated. And sure. so... I don't know. I, like I said, it reminded me of it, something I'd see on the Disney Channel sure. from an acting perspective. I think you do bring up an interesting point. Jeremy, we'll, we'll go to you before we get to our ratings here. But I think you, I think there is something about the intensity that you bring to certain things that pushes that boundary of ratings. This is a lot. Again, this is a, could be a very long conversation about the MPAA and how stupid they are and how um, uh, nitpicky they are with things. But I, I do think you're onto something when you talk about. You know, are we not allowed to show complex emotions? Are we not allowed to show true anger, true sadness, true, ang you know, whatever? Maybe, you know, because one of the 
I mean, shit, man. One of the one of the rating, you know, details that they give is frightening sequences, right? What, what does that even mean? Is that that a frightening sequence could be? And and again, this doesn't happen in the film, but if like. If Tim just straight up browbeats Pikachu, which is like, you don't know, you don't know where I've been. It's my dad. And blah, blah, blah. That might be enough to, to push it to a PG-13 film nowadays. I don't know. Uh, Jeremy, what about you? I mean, you had mentioned the PG aspect as well. Yeah. Um, I mean, as far as like performances. Sure. I think Catherine really got the short end because she got some George Lucas lines in there. Not great. They were just bad. Yeah. Um, so whoever was directing it, I'm the one I, I don't who pay get the scoop. Stuff. Some um, bullshit. Yeah, just like some. It was like, uh, come on, no one says this. Like, like you not a like 1950s like beat reporter. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like they straight up took that quote out of the video game and put it directly into the film, and it's terrible. Um, Ken Watanabe did okay. Yeah, it's fine. He's fine. He's um, doing his thing. My, he's I getting paid. My acting issue in this movie comes from a lesser screened actor, which was Chris Gear or Roger Clifford. Yeah, boys, <laughs> he boys broad. He wasn't good. He wasn't good. Just in in most in the few scenes that he was in. The few scenes he was in, he was terrible. He was big, and that was pretty much it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was just like a lot of really awkward zoomed in shots and some and some more, you know, George Lucas lines thrown yeah. at him. Yeah. Uh, it's, oh, make sure to mention yeah, well we well, you know, that's a pretty good opportunity to, <laughs> to cut it and get ready for some spoilers. But before we do that, we're going to give our popcorn ratings. For those of you who've never listened to the popcorn diet before, we rate our movies a little bit differently. Instead of stars or thumbs up or whatever, we give popcorns. We have five different popcorns that we give to films. The first one is burnt popcorn, meaning the movie is absolute garbage. There's no redeeming value. Don't waste your time, even if it's free. We have stale popcorn, which, like, if you can watch it free, fine, but it's really not, we weren't feeling it. We have microwave popcorn, which is kind of your mileage will vary. It's not great. It's not the best, but it might hit the spot. Maybe you want to spend a couple dollars on it for a rental. Go for it. We have movie theater popcorn, which means you should go see it in a movie theater. Go see it on a big screen in a dark movie theater. You'll have a good time. And then we have perfect popcorn, which is go see the film as soon as possible on the biggest screen that you can. Uh, we'll start with Jeremy. What popcorn rating would you give? I believe there are two ratings here. Oh, cool. I believe that there is a three-star rating if you know nothing about Pokemon. Okay. But if you if you love the movie or love or love the story and Pokemon in general, it's four. Okay. Yeah. And that's the thing is that's something we didn't and we'll talk more in spoilers, but clearly they do a good job of realizing the world. Yeah. And there are little things in there that David and I mean maybe David, but I certainly wouldn't have picked out like, oh look, there's a little thing doing a thing. <laughs> and that oh, that's so cool. I have to imagine that if you know Pokemon on a, on a much deeper level, then that would be fulfilling to you. Yeah, absolutely. They hit all the spots that if you've seen a little bit, you would know. Sure. That's about it. David, popcorn rating. It's it's borderline. Don't be don't you just be <laughs> be be who you are, right? It's, Give it's, it your rating. It's it's borderline between two and three for me. Okay, but I'm 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 going with the three because I do think there are some things that they do really well. Like visually, it's fantastic. I think there is enough in there for both the fans and casual fans of Pokemon. And again, I think it's a matter of. What does it do on the level of a PG movie? If I was, you know, having to go see a movie with 
my son or a little kid that can't go to a PG-13 movie or I don't want to bring to a PG-13 movie, like I would rather see this than a lot of the options. So from that standpoint, I think it does enough to, to be something, but if if you're an adult who wasn't into Pokemon, <laughs> I'd say wait for it to be streamable. Okay, okay. And I feel like we say this all the time, David, but we, we always say we should really have a medium rating. And I think even though we don't have it on our website yet, I think for the podcast, we should be able to give a, a mid rating by adding a soda on, right? So it's popcorn and a soda, right? Yep. And so I I think I'll give this film three pop, or not three popcorns because it's not a matter of popcorns, but I would give this microwave popcorn and a soda. And that's because I do think Jeremy's onto something when he says that this you're going to have two different experiences depending on what history you have. I think if you have a deeper history with Pokemon, you're going you're going to want to see this film on the big screen. This is something that fully realizes the world in a way that few movies do, um, especially video game adaptations. Case in point, look at the Super Mario Brothers and how they transferred the world of Super Mario into that film. It is the polar opposite <laughs> of that type of video game adaptation. It is true to the source material and if you love Pokemon you're going to love it. If you're not if you're someone like me who who isn't all that, you know, into it, then it's still perfectly fine. It's a fine detective movie. It's PG. The performances aren't the best in the world. The action's pretty good and it's fairly funny. So that's what I'm going to give. I'm going to give it microwave popcorn and a coke. Before we get into spoilers, though, we got to pay the bills. We're going to take a quick little ad break. Hey, good movie buddies. Before we continue, I want to remind everybody that you can get regular episodes of The Popcorn Diet for free delivered to you just by hitting that subscribe button or following wherever you're listening from. So we'd really appreciate it. Take a second, hit that button, write us a review. Give us five stars, give us four stars, whatever. Share us with your friends, share us with your family. Take a second to do that. We also want to remind you to check us out on Patreon by going to patreon.com slash the popcorn diet and consider becoming a patron of the podcast, giving a few bucks to help the podcast improve, help us do more episodes, different episodes, give you new content as a patron as well. So remember, popcorn diet patreon patreon.com slash the popcorn diet become a patron there of course we also don't want you to forget that you can follow us on facebook on twitter on instagram at the popcorn diet and then last but certainly not least don't forget you can find all of our reviews latest episodes oscar predictions and more on our website popcorndietpodcast.com but now we get to talk about spoilers a little bit and um I guess, and Jeremy, you know this better than than I would, but sure. in terms of like Easter eggs and stuff like that. But but let's start off with that. Okay. Um, and I mean, it's hard because it might just be you telling us a bunch of shit. That's fine. But I did want to. We we had just mentioned how there are these little details in the film. There are things in the background that you might see that. Uh, are fulfilling for a Pokemon fan. Sure. What would you say are a couple of the biggest Easter eggs in this particular film? Because I found myself looking at the signs. I'm like, oh, does that, does that people know anything about that sign? <laughs> or just the little, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The like occupations of some of the Pokemon and stuff like that. I'm like, oh, is that, does that, I got, maybe that means something to somebody who knows what this is. So here's some fun ones. Uh, number one, 
something that's not on a lot of message boards and stuff, or like not on the lists that are on the internet already, okay. is it's an ode to Red. So when they're first giving like the explanation of what the Pokemon world is, you have those two people battling, and it focuses on the Asian guy with like the red hat and the red jacket. Sure. There's our original character, our very first person. The original character's name in any of the games is Red. Um, Interesting. Yeah. Um, next up, I thought was actually uh, like a funny Geico reference, which was the uh, uh, the big muscly Pokemon. I'm, I'm forgetting his name right the now. Doing the traffic stop. Yeah, doing the traffic stop. You know, what's happier than a bodybuilder doing traffic? Like okay. Nobody. Like, I thought that was a fun little thing they threw in there. Um, in the same scene, you see Snorlax, the big fat Pokemon, blocking the road, yeah. which is a very common theme in the games. You have to go get a flute to wake him up. Um, <laughs> Uh, Magikarp was a huge little fun little thing they threw in there sure. because he was a major part of the anime for a long time sure. in the very first season of it. Uh, and when he evolves, like shit hits the fan and they're on a boat and it's crazy. <laughs> and that's and so there's <laughs> stuff like that where I could kind of tell like, OK, th this is a meta joke for the fans because. They're literally like, Magikarp is useless. Like, what is he doing? It's like, no, he's not useless. He'll he'll turn into this thing if you just give him a little bit of a kick. Right. And then he turns into this big badass fish thing. Yeah, I'm like, Gyarados. oh, okay, that <laughs> must be like an allusion to how it is playing the game with that character. Yeah. Um, Machamp, by the way, is Machamp. the really big, muscly one. Um, I thought a really like off, like a very surface level one was his cell phone. Okay. That was a note to Nintendo Switch. I thought that was nice. Oh, it, oh um, okay. Yeah. yeah. The blue, the orange and the blue. Yeah. Okay. Um, next up, we have Ditto, uh, which was actually <laughs> a combination of Ditto from the show as well as Jessie, I believe, from the show. Okay. Where she is a villain in the show, um, and she's all pink hair, and she's part of the bad organization. Uh, and, of course, she's ditto in the end. I thought she was going to be Jesse. I was actually disappointed that she wasn't, but I think it was kind of a happy medium there. Sure. Um, the R on the fluid? Yep. Team Rocket. That's the original bad guys. Oh, and yeah. Jesse and James belong to Team Rocket. Okay. Um, and then let's see here. Yeah. I think those are the most of the big ones that I really enjoyed. I did like the ditto... <laughs> a reveal. <laughs> and I had read... And again, I didn't... No, I didn't. I wouldn't have known this. In my, in in all fairness, I certainly read my fair share of spoilers and articles, and I know this comes as no shock to either of you. But I did read an article about how it was literally it was written on Polygon, and it was Pokemon Detective Pikachu uses Ditto in the greatest way possible, yeah. and talks about how that character for the longest time has been used as like this bullshit, useless kind of character. But when you think about its power set it really should be one of the more formidable characters that you deal with in the fact that it can be anything. For those really hardcore Game Boy players, like Ditto is one of the most important Pokemon for the sake of breeding, but it's, it's silly. It's right, that's cool. what they had mentioned, is that like yeah. for breeding, it's so useful, but you never play it. Yeah. And then at the end, it turns out like that's where the majority like of the fight is this Ditto who can swap and shapeshift between not only humans, but also various Pokemon, Pokemon that'll wreck shop. Yeah. If need be, uh, David, let's talk about favorite parts of the film. Do you have any that stood I have a, out for I have you? I an Easter egg I need to mention that I have. Oh, okay, okay. That's I forget that you know a little bit that more I have than an I issue do. with. Okay, <laughs> that you have issue with. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> I'm intrigued. The the treatment of angels with filthy souls. Ooh, yes. 
I didn't really understand the purpose of it. Well, so Jeremy, if you if you don't recall, for those of you who don't, don't recall, Angels with Dil- Filthy Souls is the gangster movie that Kevin McAllister watches in Home Alone. Oh. The fake, the fake one. The it was never actually a movie, which a, a lot fake, of people were heartbroken to find this out right, about Home Alone. But it's a fake title and fake. Uh, fake movie, movie fake scene. The sequel, Angels with Even Filthier Souls. <laughs> yep. Obviously and a Home Alone fan here. Obviously a Home Alone fan, but that is the film that's playing when Tim walks in yeah. to his dad's apartment. And it's a weird reference. Like, it's not a weird re- Like, uh, it's obviously a Home Alone reference, but to what end? But it was weird that he's like my dad and his defect detective films. Sure. Which to me was weird that like, okay, we're going to bring it into this world for mm-hmm. whatever reason. Right. Yeah. It's not like, and maybe maybe I need to do more research on this, but nothing I found was an obvious tie to Home Alone movies. Sure. Um, so that didn't necessarily track with me. And then furthermore, double downing on it and not even referencing Home Alone, referencing it, that it's just a random detective movie. Right. When everybody in the audience that has seen home alone immediately goes ah home alone and it's so it was just a weird like i don't understand the purpose of it maybe it was a weird ryan reynolds thing like i love home alone i I love love home alone and you can put it like that would track with me because ryan reynolds does things like that i don't know can we from like an age standpoint it doesn't make sense because it's like a six-year difference right can we confirm can we can we confirm right here right now home alone and pokemon set in the same universe like, apparently, let's go with it. I'm <laughs> happy with that. Is Ke- can Kevin McAllister? Maybe can we're gonna have po- maybe a we're gonna have a, maybe we're gonna have a crossover movie. Yeah. Between maybe we have who, uh, who owns uh, Home Alone? Which studio? I don't know. Actually, Warner Brothers. I think, I think. it's Warner Brothers. Is it Warner yeah. Brothers. I think so. I can um, certainly find out for everybody. Now, so. to play devil's advocate about this theory, uh, if Pokemon existed in this world, the Wet Bandits would have been very dead. More so already Very much so. than <laughs> from just the pranks. <laughs> well, if this is, and I feel like this is a, an inappropriate rabbit hole to go down. <laughs> that being said, so no, so Home Alone is a 20th Century Fox film, <laughs> which is, means Disney now owns Home Alone. Which, again, I'm even more puzzled because I would assume <laughs> 24th Century Fox owns the rights to the fake movie Angels with Filthy Souls. Right. And... Then it gets put in, not like a reference to it, not like a little like we're not actually using it, but we're using literally clips the from clip of the film. Yeah, snakes, easy snakes. I don't know, I don't man. Know that's a good point. That's a weird. This is a weird aside to go down, but I, I thought the same thing where I'm like, oh, that's the film from Home Alone. I had forgotten it was a fake film. Um, and again, I'm a Home Alone lover, so it was like, cool. It was just. I, did, I didn't understand why sure. it was in there. It was just a random thing. <laughs> it was thing there. I because, <laughs> again, I, maybe it's because they know that they're, like Jeremy said earlier, the majority of their quote-unquote audience currently is in the age that would have known Home Alone. Sure. And even though their maybe target audience in this film is younger than that, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I bet you it could be something as... Uh, as simple as that, it's one of the director's favorite films. Could I be, guess. but also Home Alone. I mean, just from a kid's perspective, Home Alone one and two is on repeat Christmas now. Like, yeah, they're pretty much on the cycle of Christmas films. Yeah, I don't know. What about favorite parts? You got any favorite parts that stick out? <laughs> well, I think it goes into what is this movie 
excel at, which sure. would, I would say is one, the look of it. And with that, I think like we've talked about already, the action sequences are really well done. Um, other than that, for me, it would probably be Ryan Reynolds, Pikachu, interaction, going back and forth between Ryan Reynolds talking and Ryan Reynolds <laughs> or being Pikachu going Pika Pika. Sure. So, I did think he got a couple of racy things in there. Like, it's like, like there's a couple of instances of like smell your finger. There's a couple of re- finger references where he's like, uh-huh. I don't like, I don't like going to the doctor. They stick fingers in places and it's not usually that fun. And, and I found myself. Yeah. I, I liked a lot of his banter. Um, I liked a lot of the action. I think, again, there's not much action, but basically it's basically three major action sequences, I think. There's the the fight in the underground fight dome between him and Charizard. uh, And And the fight between the two previous Pokemon where I'm like, okay, okay, this is pretty cool. I could watch an entire tournament movie just... Blastoise versus Charizard. Exactly. Just all of that. Um, I also liked the final fight. I thought Pikachu finally powering up was really effectively like pretty badass. They could have done a, maybe a little bit, make it a, a little bit more of a moment. Right. But when they're all flaming and when Mewtwo's flying through the balloons and he's zapping and stuff like that, I was into that. That was that was really good. Mm-hmm. The humans and then likewise with the fight with the Ditto, uh, the stuff with Roger. It's all awful. It's not great. Everything he did in that movie was bad. But when he was, when he was, when they took the glasses off. And it's the ditto eyes. <laughs> it's pretty effective. It was so good. It was pretty good. And then it just shrinks down to a little blob and it's just like, yeah. ditto. And then does this thing. Um, and then the big part with the, uh, the Torteras, which yeah. I looked up just so I could name drop them. Yeah. I was actually impressed with the scope of that. I felt that the beginning of that sequence was like I was genuinely like oh my god yeah. this is massive I was act- I'm actually genuinely shocked that this didn't come up sooner with you in regards to them like that scene because I know that you're a big fan of the ju- the Jeep chase scene in Indiana Jones yeah. 4 and that felt so much like that It did it was better It it did. well the Jeep <laughs> chase scene in Indiana Jones 4 is still better that being said the swinging on the vines with monkeys Ugh. is inexcusable and, and I won't even try to excuse it <laughs> I did like this. I liked how, I mean, again, just the massiveness of those mountainous creatures. It, it was some kaiju shit. It was super cool. Uh, and then when they're running through the trees, as the trees are all horizontal and being crushed together, mm-hmm. I, I was into all of that. I was you just, into all you of just that. referenced Indiana Jones and Pacific Rim and like the Saints. I did. I did. I am. I am who I am. And, <laughs> and boy, howdy, does that paint a picture of who I am? Uh, but yeah, I enjoyed all of those action beats quite a bit. Um, I had a good time with that. I thought that it did an effective job of putting together big budget, moderately spectacle action for a PG audience. You know, scenes of peril, if you will. Um, but yeah, so kind of to just wrap. Did you have any? Yeah, particularly. I had two, I had two moments that were that? just beautiful. Okay. Number Ooh, one was okay. the intro. The intro to this movie was fantastic with the Cubone crying out in the out in the out in the forest or whatever. Yeah. Um, and the biggest reason why it was so cool was because they referenced the really dark side of Pokemon, which is if you read the Pokedex entries, which is like the the wiki for each Pokemon mm-hmm. from way back when, back in blue and red and green. Um, 
They are terrible. So Mara or so Cubone is wearing the skull of his mom. Jesus. So like that's the lore of Cubone. Right. Um, and so it's like a super depressed Pokemon. Okay. Um, and so like drawing that parallel between him and, and the Pokemon I thought was actually super funny. Interesting. And like that whole scene was just entertaining and well done. Right. You got your Pokeball. Like it's the first and only time you actually see a Pokeball on screen. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah, I, did, I enjoyed that as well. So that was good. Okay. And then um, the, the, the last moment that I really truly enjoyed was when... Uh, Pikachu was singing the intro to the to the old the old you know the old song the theme song for Pokemon yeah. crying after they after they had split apart. Um, I thought that was absolutely phenomenal. I think that's the, one of the film's greatest weaknesses is that it, they didn't have a new cover of that song. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and also, you were talking about the soundtrack earlier. I've been listening to this soundtrack, The Score, by Henry Jackman. I'm okay. not that super plussed about it, to be honest. The soundtrack, though, is good. The the actual like music of the soundtrack, yeah. like one with songs with lyrics and stuff. Yeah, the one with songs and lyrics, because it's just all the all the great hits, because you got Bonnie Tyler. That's and true. There is a lot of good there. ones. Um, it was funny. I was walking out of the movie theater as the end credits song was playing, and it's just a score as well, but I shazammed it. It's actually not on the soundtrack. And I was wondering if that was like, is this, is this just like a cover of a Detective Pikachu theme or something like that? I don't know. I don't I, know if you remember I it. don't remember the audio with the Either. during the credits. Um, I, yeah, I was, I was, I, I'm a big music guy, yeah. right? I, I, music and movies is very important to me. And so they did a really good job of, of using those, um, those classics and stuff. But again, I was like, oh, are they going to put Hole Now for a hero in this movie? And they didn't. <laughs> And then it was a great callback to the Pokemon theme. It was great. Uh, because that theme song is just straight up a banger. So, you know, something I actually thought they missed a little bit. Sorry to kind of bring it back. No, not at all. Just a little bit. Um, so for the for years, Ash and Misty were like, you know, the the, the boy and girl of the series. Sure. And you're, when you're watching, you're like, well, they should be boyfriend and girlfriend. Of right. course, they're 10 in the show and whatever. Right. But years and years went by and it never happened. Okay. When Lucy's actually a very much a rebirth of Misty. Okay. Misty was uh, a very tenacious girl. And then her Pokemon was a Psyduck that she kept with her at gotcha. all times. Gotcha. Which, shockingly enough, is the first time we mentioned Psyduck. Who who's, was great. Who's phenomenal. Who's great in the film. Um and so, like they, they actually like like layered in this little bit of romance. I didn't think they did that for us. Interesting for the people who like watched and loved it. Okay, um, for all those years and kind of rooted for it. You know, being a kid. Sure. So, it wasn't perfect, but because her role and everything was just bad. <laughs> her dialogue, her, dialogue her general was terrible <laughs> performance from what appears to be a 1920s serial, <laughs> just big and broad. Um. So we, David, you mentioned we're already getting a sequel. I think it's pretty, pretty obvious we're going to get a sequel. Where do you think we? Where do you think we go from here? Are you, are you, are you interested in a sequel? Are you interested in the continuing adventures of the Goodmans? We also didn't even mention Ryan Reynolds shows up at the end of the film. Oh boy! As Henry Goodman, which, I mean, we've been going for an hour. Do we have the time to talk about such a thing? David, do you, do you? I mean, I haven't gone into all my issues. With no, this we really haven't. You yeah. know what? Fuck Let's it. Talk about we got it. three people on it. Let's go a little bit longer. You, you got to go a little bit longer. Okay, so I'll, I'll kind of I'll go through these quickly because you know I, I seem to be the one that's always beating up this movie. No, so that's far. fine. This is why we have a tribunal here. We have different opinions. All right. So the so first issue would be 
Um, and maybe some of them will be solved by Jeremy's there's, knowledge. There's, there's a lot of confusion to me in general in regards to our lead character here. Okay, Tim, Justice Smith. Yes. So first off, first and foremost, mm-hmm. he's supposed to be 21 years old. Right. We, we see that in the birthday he's, card. He's got a job. Birthday. He's got a birthday card waiting for him. So first off, if you would have told me to watch the film and not given me an age, I would have gone like 14, really? 15. Even I with his not, deep would, ass voice? Yes. Interesting. Because there were a couple times where I was like, maybe, that's a deep. Maybe like 16, 17. Like I'm talking like I just got my driver's license type of age. <laughs> okay. Which is only further backed up by I think the only mode of transportation we see him ever take is a bike and a train. And he rides in Yeah, Lucy's but he works car. for an insurance company. He works for an insurance company, which <laughs> I don't know many 21-year-olds that work know? for what? insurance companies. They're still in college or maybe they just got it. I mean... I mean, Anyways, maybe the Pokemon Pokemon world is different. That being said, I also have <laughs> issues with this concept of well, even just all of his emotion in general. Like we, okay, so we get that opening scene right. We great Cubone scene. I love that scene. Yeah. I thought it was great. I yeah. thought it was phenomenal. Great way to introduce us to the Pokemon concept, all that kind of stuff. But then we get a call. Where we literally the, just have nothing. It's the police. There's been an accident. We don't hear the police. No, he says We it. just hear him listening to a phone call, not saying anything. Right. And that was awkward. It, it was just, we don't get what's on the other side of the He's phone. Spo- you're supposed to see the drop in, in like... I would love to have seen the drop in emotion. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so, we get that. And then it's, we're on a train... We are kind of upset. I, I can't tell if we're like angry, if we're sad. Sure. We don't have any tears. We get a weird aspect where I'm sure, you know, maybe people appreciated the the, the guy who licks him. But it was a weird way to like interrupt what I was can only assume I was supposed to be feeling sad for this kid. No, the okay. lick of tongue was super awkward. It was really awkward. Super awkward. If and that it was, was any other thing in any other world, I would be furious. Yeah, but like <laughs> get I think your that, shit off was, my face. That was purely like, hey kids, this is a fun movie kind of thing. Right. Yeah. And then we get to the detective's office where I don't know if like the whole time that Watanabe's talking. Uh-huh. I'm not sure whether, and I apologize if I butchered his name, but I'm What's not. I'm again? I'm not sure if we're like supposed to be leaving the door open to like, is the police chief corrupt? Sure. Like we would normally get from like a like cop movie, or is this supposed to be like a close friend of dad who's like consoling him? Because at that point, I don't know what the kid's feeling. I don't know whether he's. I'm pissed at my dad. He left me. Sure. I don't know if he's like, I don't know what emotion we're supposed to be getting at this you point. You really get the sense that he just doesn't for some reason want to deal with it. Yeah. Exactly. I think that was the one thing I, I got. Guess. But for, for some reason, we don't know if it's because he's sad or angry or. Yeah. And then we get the flashback story to. The flashbacks were not really all that well they done. Were terrible. Those and and, and in general, everything that we get flashbacks to dad. He's always in completely dark clothing. We've got a hat. A, we've got an Af- uh, a black lead character. We know that his mom is black, but every scene of his dad, we weirdly hide his identity, and it's like black 
Like beanie, beanie, black beanie, black jacket, like black everything. You see like the thin white skin of his neck and maybe his hands. I didn't even, I mean, maybe I just missed that aspect. But everything I, like it was just weird to me. Like he couldn't be wearing like normal colored clothing. He always was dressed in black. Wasn't was Johnny Ryan Cash? Reynolds, I guarantee you. No, that definitely Ryan Reynolds didn't put not any Ryan work Reynolds. in as plain no, flashback. Ab- absolutely not. <laughs> That's um, some stunt double shit. Then there's this weird concept of... And I'm just going through all my lists, and you guys can I, speak, I'm, speak to that. This is more entertaining than anything. <laughs> this is good. I enjoy then this. we get to the Mewtwo crash scene, right? Where, sure. as we find out in the end, he took basically the Pokemon Pikachu, sacrificed his body so Dad could live in Pikachu for the time being yeah, until we the found amnesia. the sign, which I don't understand. And maybe Jeremy will allude and, and fill me in here, but I don't understand why finding son suddenly allows dad's body to live again. I don't, maybe there's... Is there science s- behind that, Jeremy? Is that some bullshit? That's some bullshit. Okay. <laughs> okay. Also, <laughs> why... Where, give, where has his body been oh, this whole time? Did oh, Mewtwo stash it in the freezer? Why give... Until Ryan Reynolds woke up when... They answered that in the movie. Do they? Um, Did they I miss they that? literally stored their bodies in the Pokemon. There's a scene where okay. you see people literally getting spit out. Yeah, well, Pokemon. I remember that when we've got the whole scene of Mewtwo has the ability to put them in. So, it, okay, I'm okay with that. But also, why give Pikachu... Ryan Reynolds amnesia like wouldn't it be beneficial for them to know what the hell was well, up? the whole like weird like okay so has this whole time like I'm confused like has this whole time it been dad in Pikachu's body or has it been like Pikachu because Pikachu didn't remember how to do any of his moves it was like almost Hulk-esque not wanting to come out and sure. perform in sure. Avengers but maybe it was he didn't know his moves because he was dad and he's never done his moves. That's what I think it was. Yeah, it was dad and Pikachu's body. Yeah. And dad doesn't know how to be a Pokemon. And it's and, and amnesia. Don't forget about that. But yeah. then I also get to the whole point of like if dad is actually Ryan Reynolds, not just Ryan Reynolds voiced Pikachu dad. Right. Then like there's the whole concept of like wouldn't he recognize his dad? I know he's been estranged from his dad, but wouldn't he recognize his dad's voice? Like you're hanging around him that long. I mean, you had 11 years or whatever they gave him with his dad before his dad went away. Like, sure. I feel like, I mean, I barely saw my grandparents. Like if you had someone talk, I would recognize my grandparents voice. Like, sure. So like maybe it was. Did they never talk on the phone in those 10 years? I don't, I don't know. So again, there's some, there's some leaps in logic. there's, There's also the whole concept of. The initial scene we get to uh, whatever the corporation when we see the Bill CNN. Nye, who all I can think about when I hear Bill Nye is, David do Jones. you feel dare? Um, <laughs> and so somehow Tim just walks into a giant corporation news station and just is able to go on set, like goes unchecked, like. Yeah. yeah, this guy looks good. You know, can just go in there and can sure. You know, and there's some of that that I feel. I feel like Again, that it's one. A, it's a kids movie, whatever. That one I feel it. is like, well, we don't need to see the scene where he says Tim Goodman. I need to see this guy and gets like buzzed sure. up. I also have questions about, and this one comes from from our our good friend Dallas, who I saw the movie from. He made a good point of in this world, and and Jeremy can probably speak to this and maybe explain. Um, in this world, are there no actual animals? 
or are Both, there just Pokemon, Pokemon are the animals? So Pokemon are the animals. Yeah. So there's no horses in Pokemon. I mean, they, it's it's a Pokemon. Uh, Rapidash. It's, okay. okay. Right. Gotcha. <laughs> okay. Which then brings up another <laughs> existential crisis of the fact that all the Pokemon seem to be very sentient. And you eat them. And you eat them. Yeah. And everybody is chill with that. Yeah, the show doesn't really go into what you consume very much. Gotcha. What you consume is very like. There's a couple games where they're like, "Yeah, eat this treat." Yum. Right. Or, and it's, it's, a f- or it's all candies. You and just berries. ate your dog. Right. <laughs> it's also a little weird to me that if if everybody has like a matching. Like in this world, like everybody was supposed to, you didn't have to be have a partner. like have a partner, right. which I'm good with. I jive with, I, you know, from that standpoint. But then are we eating someone's partner at some point in this standpoint or are there enough Pokemon not assigned to someone that we can eat them? Well, or? let's let's take it like this. In the games, you when you rock around in the grass, you get an encounter every 15 seconds or so. Okay. There's plenty of Pidgeys to eat for chicken. Like wild, wild Pokemon. But yet at the same time, and I guess the same is true here. You know, there are people in this world with pet cows and pet pigs and pet things like that. But like, again, if you, if Pokemon, if Pikachu's, Pikachu, I guarantee you Pikachu's delicacy in somewhere in that world. Oh, yeah. And you're walking around with your Pikachu and they got fresh fried Pikachu on the street. That's gonna fuck with you a little bit. Sure, right? maybe a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> maybe just slightly. Especially since all of them, I believe, can 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 all the uh, Pokemon verbalize? No. Okay. No. That's important. There's a lot of them that just kind of go. That's important. Yeah. We can eat those ones. Also, my can't, last my last point. Can't eat anything. And that it's not it's really something. a nitpick because we've already picked on him. It's Roger, right? Yeah. Sunglasses. Yeah. Raj. Why didn't we get? Uh, What's his name from uh, CSI Miami? Why didn't he play him? <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. Why didn't, why didn't Crusoe play him? <laughs> oh, that's funny. I, you know, it's funny because uh, uh, that guy. There's, there's more to, but I, I think I'm good at this No, point. I feel like you've. I've uh, got, you know, I've got one actually. I do have one really, truly weird, negatively, negative thing to say. Okay. Look, this movie is about dads and about Pokemon. Two things that are very near and dear to my soul. Yeah. And I came in that movie ready to cry. Mm-hmm. I was like, I, I told, I told my girlfriend, I was like, "There's a good chance I'm gonna cry," uh-huh. just to warn you. And I didn't. didn't okay, hit Tim, you. Tim never cried either, even though he's dead. Didn't yeah, hit you emotionally. No, didn't cry. I think that has to do with the fact that, and I think you brought you up. Can't, I think you can't show emotion. I think that's an interesting movie. point in that. There is just not, he doesn't properly convey the emotion, whether it be in the character as it's written, whether it be in the performance. It's not an emotional take on a character that you can really connect with that, mm. that hard. You yeah. can, I would, I would venture to say that you can connect with Pikachu more than you can connect with the, with the kid. Yeah, I mean, here, look, here, there's an episode of Pokemon that'll make me cry every time I see it. <laughs> and it's, that's a dumb show. Right. It's not a good show. It's, it's dumb. Yeah. But like they did it, I believe it was Goodbye Pikachu was the episode. Oh well. And it was like when Ash was like, "You should go hang out with your family." Pikachu's in the wild. Blah 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 blah. And like I remember crying and being confused. Like why am I crying? <laughs> it is not hard to get tears out of some or anyone. Literally in a movie about reconnecting with your dad. Right. It's that simple. It's, because it was be. was anybody emotional when the end scene when Ryan which. Okay, last last nitpick. <laughs> we reveal Ryan Reynolds like he's a superhero in this film. Like we get the whole shot up. from his shut from his shoes, yeah. like steps on again. Like we should know what his dad's he's shoes in that wore. One last and scene. then and then we go up to him like, oh, 
It's Ryan it's Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds. It's yeah. one of the biggest so stars in the world. He's not just doing a voice. He actually showed up on set and for honestly, a day. And honestly, like, I don't want this to sound like insensitive or anything. Like, part of me also felt like it was like, ah, uh, he's white. He's a white guy. <laughs> That's him, maybe. I don't, I don't know. know. Well, it certainly it was wasn't emotionally strange. affecting. No, again, like, you would think, like, reuniting someone who thought his dad was dead and has done all this to reconvene with his dad and and you finally get that moment like shouldn't someone be emotional but i don't i don't well their relationship is not repaired by the end of this film it's in the midst of being repaired it's at the start of being repaired but both of them even at that very end scene are very closed off from one another yeah absolutely and finally like ryan reynolds is just like okay i'll see you later also this is where my favorite part of Danny DeVito as Pikachu would have been. If, yes. If you have the reveal yes. of Danny DeVito That's there. the other side of my argument. Thank you for reminding me of that. That is the other end part of my argument, which is would Danny it, DeVito may have worked as the voice. but would, No, it would not have worked as that. Imagine the pan up. To Danny DeVito, but it's not like clean Danny DeVito. Like it's like it's sunny always sunny Danny, Danny DeVito. I would have preferred like a pan up and then like overshooting him and having to come back down. <laughs> <laughs> that might have worked actually. That would have been phenomenal. Um, all right, let's wrap this up. Obviously, we're making a sequel. And the movie ends with Detective Pikachu no longer being Detective Pikachu. The movie ends with Pikachu just being Pikachu. Yep. And Ryan Reynolds being Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. Where do we go from here, Jeremy? Well, I mean, you know what? Here's where he goes. Tim is probably going to restart his Pokemon adventure. Um, and it's probably going to be him going to gyms to try to be the next Pokemon master. So we don't go We don't go back to Detective Pikachu. We go, this I is our not. gateway but into he, potential but Pokemon. But he says that this is another thing that's weird. Like you would think this experience would get him jazzed up to go find his Pikachu be, or his partner. Pokemon partner because he can't have Pikachu. It's his dad's, right. and his, you know, from that standpoint. So he has to go find someone. But he says at the end of the movie, he doesn't say, like, I'm going to be a trainer or something like that. He says, I want to be a detective. Sure. So it's like, yeah, it's a weird. It's Again, maybe we're going to get another detective story. Maybe we'll get us swapped. Maybe he's the voice of the Pokemon. I'm sure, it'll be great on right. direct to video. I don't know. Wow. <laughs> Ouch. I don't I don't see the movies getting better. In all fairness, I see the budget going down and the visual effects getting worse and them being straight to DVD films. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Maybe Netflix will buy it. I bet you Netflix will buy it. When they do do Detective Pikachu 2, David, are are you there? Are we going to do a... Can I talk you into into doing a podcast? Can I dress up as Pikachu? Hell yeah, you can. (laughs) Jeremy, what about you? I mean, I feel like that's a stupid question. Oh, absolutely. I mean, if they make another live action film... To, right. At least to the physical qualities as this one, I will absolutely be there. Well, because sure. here's the problem too: is at least in my opinion, Ryan Reynolds as a like as a solid detective dad is not nearly as exciting to people as <laughs> Ryan Reynolds voicing Pikachu. True. And we can't go back to Ryan Reynolds voicing Pikachu because I mean. And, I mean, unless we're going to have Mewtwo Strikes Back and he puts everybody back yeah, in their we could Pokemon. Do some, we could right. do some bullshit. There's always something that reverts the status quo. Uh, I'm actually going to say that if they said Detective Pikachu 2 is coming out, unless the hype for that movie was really, really big, I wouldn't go out of my way to do a podcast on it either. Yeah. <laughs> and I fair. don't normally say that. but no, no, uh, that's fair. But yeah, it's funny because we begged on it enough. I, I do think it's it's a pretty decent 
you know, good time at the films. That being yeah. said, we've all, I think, surely expressed our opinions. So I know I have. Uh, you have indeed. <laughs> uh, so that will do it for this episode. Before we go, I want to remind everybody that you can get free episodes of The Popcorn Diet delivered to you for free just by hitting that subscribe button. Give us a like. Give us a rating. Share us with your friends. Share us with your family. Don't forget, you can go to patreon.com slash thepopcorndiet and become a patron of the podcast. Donate a little bit of money to the podcast. Get some cool cool exclusives, exclusive episodes. All those things help us build the podcast by going to patreon.com slash thepopcorndiet. Don't forget that you can follow us on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. At the Popcorn Diet. And last but certainly not least, you can find all of our latest regular episodes, articles, reviews, predictions, and more on our website, popcorndietpodcast.com. But for good movie buddy Jeremy Nakano, thanks for being with us. You're welcome. Thank for you. our For our other good movie buddy, the Canadian machine, Mr. David Melhorn, I am your very best good movie buddy, Rick Williamson, and we'll see you next time with another good movie on the Popcorn Diet. Adios.